You are now listening to the New Deep Podcast presented by Dark Horse Tackle, Jason Howard. My guy, how you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, Happy Monday, everybody. Uh, I guess. Yeah, it's about a train wreck of the week Monday. Woo! Woo! Do you hear that? We do like train wrecks of the week. That's the train coming to wreck you. I, would, I was going to say a curse word, but it's only been 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> don't do that because people might think that we're being uh, being whiny butts over here. A, so a lot has we happened. We don't need any of that. Yeah, I'm going to talk about something positive. Let's go, let's hit up some positivity right now. Um, we have a we have a new TikTok on dark for dark horse tackle. Let uh, that's the news. The news is that we now have a TikTok page. So um, you are telling me that the owners of Dark Horse Tackle are with uh 2020 times. Is that is that what you're saying? Yep. Wow. Yep. There's um a lot of information on it. If you like information, it seems that you know, well, let me put this in a more positive wholesome way. It seems that some people just don't like information. Um but if you do like information, it's it's a good TikTok to follow. And if you don't like information, follow us anyways, or else. All right, so you're telling me that the owners of Dark Horse Tackle are with 2020 times, is what I said. So this is what I'm going to say now. We try, uh, we do everything we can to make sure that we are um, helping all customers. Some of our customers have just started fishing, and some of our customers have been fishing their entire lives. And so true. the TikTok videos, the TikTok videos are very good for people that want some information, uh, that want to become better, uh, want to learn a new skill set. Or if you're not subscribed my- to the box, like, you know, and somehow you find the Knee Deep podcast and somehow you find my personal Instagram and somehow you find Jason's personal Instagram, sometime, somehow you find the Dark Horse Tackle TikTok, but you don't know who we are. There's there's some rundowns of what goes on in those boxes in there as well. Yes, there is. I so, I would good love job to out find, of you. Thank you, but I I would love to find the people who follow us on TikTok, but they don't follow us on Instagram. Because like I can understand not following somebody on TikTok because you don't want it. You you know you think it's the Chinese government spying on you. Newsflash: they're gonna do it anyway. But you know, for whatever reason, you don't have TikTok and you don't and you follow us on Instagram. I get it. But if you follow us on TikTok, but you're not following us on Instagram. How are you even listening to this? Are they do you think they're listening to this? I, I'm not sure if they're even listening to this. I'm, there's a lot of voices in my head. So that's what I'm listening to right now. In case you uh, oh. in case you in case you didn't know, baby, I'm crazy about you. No, um, in case you didn't know. Yeah, plenty of voices, and they're telling me to tell you about this new snack I had. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, you got a new fishing snack? I do, and there it's a banger. <sighs> it's an actual banger. All right, we need a fishing so, snack sound. We need a new fishing snack of the week sound effect. Yummy, uh, you yummy, don't have to- yummy. I got food in my tummy. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there you go. How about that, big dog? How about this <laughs> farmer's tan I got today? Oh, buddy, I, I, I am burnt, buddy. I, when you want to, you want to talk about being burnt. Oh, 
Look no, up, we got to talk up. about snacks. Hold on, we will. This, this is snack related. I was If you would have just let me do my thing, Ugh. I was going to intertwine this, but see, okay. you just stole you my thunder. You go ahead. You want to talk moving. You want to talk about a, a farmer's tan? Yes. When you think about a farmer's tan, think about a uh, flaming hot Cheeto, because that's about what I look like right now. Oh, I see. I oh, see. Yeah. Very see, good. Snack of the week. Okay, yeah. so all right, they're called snappers, and what snappers are is a cho- dark chocolate covered pretzel with caramel in it. Have you ever had these snappers? I have never had these snappers, but they sound delicious. Dude, they're amazing. They're made out of our favorite, least favorite city, our favorite hated, most hated city, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I can't say that I hate a city, but there are some cities that are worth talking about. And then there's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So Yeah. And then there's I mean, Cleveland also. Good <laughs> Lord. And Columbus, Ohio. You know, for love, for love of hell. There's a bunch of big cities, Jason, in the United States. And they're always like, our city's so weird. Our city, it's like, you're not weird. You're just living off your parents' money in a studio apartment to like understand what it's like to be poor or something. And and you're not weird. You know what city's weird? Cincinnati. That's a weird city. Do you know why I think cities are weird? Cities are weird because people that live in them pay like, three times the amount of rent to live in like a broken down run down just like <laughs> crime littered area uh they're they're more than willing to pay three times the amount of rent for that uh and that's i think that's you know the uh accumulation of those kinds of people that want to spend that much money for rent are what makes these cities kind of weird to be at man that was a lot of negativity so we're gonna have to oh, switch things God. up for yep. the love of hell yeah i got a um I actually got an update on my phone. It wasn't an Amber Alert for once. Um, it was a notification from DHT News saying that there's a new PB in the Jason host of the Needy Podcast household. A new? Oh, yeah, there is. Yes. Yeah. A I, new I, PB. I like how you did that little segue there, buddy. Uh, so Saturday. I'm on uh, one. I'll tell you the story like I like I told on Instagram Live. So if you've tuned into our Instagram Live at Dark Horse Tackle on Instagram, Get then ready. you may have already heard this story. Uh, if not, then maybe you haven't heard this story. Uh, so Saturday morning, I woke up. It was beautiful. Uh, it was like a high of eighty four, sunny, absolutely beautiful weekend we had here. Uh, the weather was incredible. Uh, couldn't have asked for better. Um, woke up took the daughter out and we went to a, uh, we went yard selling. Um, actually the four of us, my son, my daughter, my wife and I, we went yard selling. And then, uh, about noon, about one o'clock, we came home and we went out for ice cream. But before we went out for ice cream, we walked down to the garage, my daughter and I, uh, because she had mentioned wanting to go fishing sometime. She said, I, you know, we didn't go fishing yet this year. We haven't been out and I really want to go fishing. I was like, well, maybe, what if we go tonight? And she said, you know, I don't want to because I'm going to play with my friends maybe. And I was like, that's okay. Well, maybe we should just get your rod ready um, in case you do want to go fishing later. Instead of play with your friends, you do whatever you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, you make that decision for yourself. She's an adult. She's not an adult, but oh. I'm never I'm never going to pressure my children to feel like they have to do something or I'm going to be upset. Like if they want to play with their friends, then they're going to play with their friends. If they want to go fishing, I'll take them fishing. Absolutely. Um, Amen. But, 
we went down to the garage and I got a garage ready. Um, I rigged it up actually <laughs> in headquarters. We have a wall. Uh, it's a giant wall from Dark Horse Tackle, just full of the best baits you've never heard of, trademarked by Dark Horse Tackle. And she's looking at the wall and she said, instead of using a bobber later, can I use one of these baits? And I'm like, yeah, you can use whatever bait you want, but you have to know that whenever you take one of these baits, that bait will be your bait. And you're going to have to take care of that bait. You can't lose it. You're going to have to put it somewhere special and you're going to have to, you're going to have to throw it. And so she looked at the wall and she found this, this, uh, crankbait custom painted by combat custom lures, uh, Paul out of Florida. Great guy, heck of a guy. One of our favorite painters. Um, and the color is called pinky and it was on a, like a Griffin blank. So it's a little tiny crankbait. I thought it was perfect. Uh, she'd probably catch crappie, bluegill, largemouth, smallmouth, whatever, whatever's in the water. She'll probably catch with it. Uh, so she picked that bait and I told her that she needs to grab two more of them just in case she breaks it off or loses it. So, uh, we, she got that bait. Uh, we went fishing and I tied it on for her and for like 40 minutes, she only caught one fish. Uh, she caught a bluegill, which was her first fish she's ever caught on a bait, which was awesome. Um, super awesome. She was so excited. But then like 30 minutes after that, 40 minutes after that, she didn't get bit and she didn't complain. She not once. My daughter is like the best fish. Had a girl. The dude, she is such a hero when it comes to fishing, dude. Like she will sit there and she'll just pick out flowers and just look at like she just doesn't care. She's not going to complain about anything. And um, I was like, well, maybe you know I, I, what I wanted to do was take her to a bunch of ponds we've never been to before because I'm trying to trying to find new bodies of water that I've not fished, um, that she's not fished. Maybe we can figure something out together. Um, so we went to that pond. Thirty well, daddy minutes, daughter day. Thirty or forty minutes didn't get bit, and so I'm like, well, there's another pond we drove by this morning when we went yard sailing, and I'm gonna try to uh, take you over there. So we went to that pond, and there's like six kids, like between the age of fourteen and like eighteen, fishing, and it's a tiny pond, like quarter acre maybe. And I'm like, well, this probably isn't gonna go well because there's a lot of people here. This pond's probably very pressured. So for like twenty minutes, she threw that crankbait, didn't get bit. I was throwing a bait, didn't get bit. Uh, other guys were around us were catching really small bass, like maybe 10 inches, 8 inches, which, hey, we don't fish shame. That's perfect for the Dink City. Uh, the Dink City. You were just tournament. being scientific. You were just right. being scientific. You I'm just being like, negative. You weren't being negative, Jason. You weren't being negative. It's fine. It's fine. Interesting. So uh, I was like, you know what? We're going to do something different here. The wind started to pick up. The giant storm cell started to create. And I was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to tie on, we're going to tie on a wacky rig. And she asked what a what a wacky rig was. Like she was super interested to figure out what I was doing. And so I showed her, uh, what it did, what it does in the water and how she should retrieve it. And I, dude, I, I'm not joking. Um, I, I gave it to her. She casted it out cranked it in and on the very first cast the very first cast she caught like a four pounder boom and everybody around us was like what she didn't catch that and i'm like dude I, I promise you i didn't even help her set the hook i didn't i didn't help her set the hook i didn't help her cast it i didn't do anything i just stood back and watched her do it 
Um, I helped her land it. Obviously, I didn't want her want it to loot. You know, I didn't want it to come off and it just be sad. Uh, I didn't want it to be a sad experience. So I definitely landed it for her. But as soon as I landed it, she wanted to take the hook out. She wanted to hold the fish. She wanted me to take a picture and a video. And dude, it's just awesome because in like 15 minutes after that, um, she probably made a total. 20 casts with this bait and she's probably caught four four pretty big largemouth like a pound and a half to four pounds and i'm like man i couldn't catch a fish i i I caught one green sunfish the whole time we were out and i didn't catch anything and she's over here just you know four pound or one and a half pound or two pound or three pounder crazy man so you crazy well i'm sorry i'm sorry i was moving to another subject i was doing a segue also but um, congrats to Remy on the PB. Um, yes. that's not no, her real name. That's dude, a fake name that I made up. I'm telling you what, man, like <laughs> when you're a dad, like that's, I, I, I don't know if I've ever been more proud than that particular day and that particular time. Kids do all kinds of great things, but you know, to have a kid really want to know how to use this wacky rig, really want to understand it. And then to cast it out and then to retrieve it all on her own and then to set the hook and bring the fish, a four pounder all the way up to the bank. Like, dude, that was awesome. That was so cool. Absolutely. Um, But you brought up some interesting points here. So you brought out, uh, you know, being a dad and paying attention to your kids. Um, If you're a father or a mother or a parent listening to this and you don't know what to do with your kid, yada, 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 take him fishing. Even if you don't know much about fishing, go buy a rod. There's very inexpensive combos at at the Wally World. And, uh, you know, if you don't have the best baits you've never heard of, I'll give you a pass on this just to take your kid fishing. If you want to use some, you know, outsourced overseas minnows, you go ahead. But, uh, you know, that's uh, the mission is realistically just to get people outside and, you know, get a hobby. For the love of God, I see so many people, you know, um, as like a 31-year-old guy, you know, people my age, and they're just like, I'm bored, I'm bored all the time. Everybody's bored. How are you bored? Do you know how many things there is to do? What do you do when you're bored, Jason? <laughs> Work <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, stare aimlessly at my phone to find more of the best baits I've never heard of. Literally. I call Josh, and I'm like, hey, man, let's go fish. think about this? Yeah, what do you think about this? Oh, I had this idea today. And Josh and I stand on the phone for two hours. And then go, yep, that's a good mm, idea. Good idea. (laughs) That's a good idea. Um, But I I don't know. There's a lot of things that you could do if you're bored. There's a, yeah, learn to ride a bike. Go make memories with your family. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how much money you spend. It doesn't matter where you work or how hard you work. You know, at the end of the day, we're all going to die like at, at one point and the memories that we create and the, uh, the love that we can share with our family members. Like that's, that's what carries on through, you know, Absolutely. legacy. Like that is your legacy. The, the relationship that you create with your children, like, you know, that spending time with my kids on the water, doing whatever they want to do. Like one day they're going to have kids. And when they have kids, you know, they're going to want to do those things with their kids that I did with them. And they're going to tell all the stories about being fishing with me or doing stuff with me. Like 
And, and that's just cool, man. That's that's oh, what yeah. it all that's what matters more than anything. It's um, you know, it's pretty easy to say, you know, money doesn't matter when you have two Apaches, but um, you know, I, I get what you're saying. I I think that I think that there's too much like there's a lot of like look at what I'm doing, but like the person doing it isn't paying enough attention to what they're doing to actually appreciate it. Rather, they're just trying to like get people's attention and let them know that they're doing something. And, you know, I see it in the fishing world. I see it outside of the fishing world all the time. It's, you know, it's not like a desperation for attention. It's like, it feels like they think this is what they should be doing, even though they're not actually experiencing it, but they see other people do it. So they're just like, you know what, I'm going to post you know, endless amounts of pictures of me on the beach today. And then they, you know, it's, it's not appreciative. Like if you and I are going out fishing and it's like purely content driven, that's tough. That's tough for me to do. Cause it feels like work, you know, like I'd rather just go fishing and not think about, you know, what I have to do after this is done. I would rather just get it over with, do it, have fun and then go back to whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So you kind of uh, you kind of changed the the topic there. We were talking about fishing snacks and favorite fishing snacks before you made me talk about the the fabulous story of me well, taking my daughter flash, fishing. You can't so, help breaking news. No, you can't help breaking news. <laughs> but uh, it's not a snack; it's a drink. What you got? My wife, Cody. My wife. Homemade kombucha. Nice, and it is damn good buddy. how'd she get it to be carbonated it is so <laughs> i don't know the science behind it all but basically what happens is you order a scoby online you can buy a scoby online what's a scoby um, so <laughs> now this you're really gonna now, get me this is now a kombucha podcast you're gonna have to tell me to get my wife on here because uh, there's a whole lot to this uh essentially it's a culture um it's like it's uh, it's like the mother culture. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. Boy. Anyways, anyways, here's what it I does. should have just left it at that, man. <laughs> gut, gut health, gut health, and probiotics. energy levels, and probiotics, mm. and uh, sustaining your life. So basically, what happens is you have a kombucha, you put it in a jar with a bunch of other liquids, uh, you let it sit in that jar for like twelve days, and as it sits in that jar, it ferments and it creates kombucha. You then bottle the kombucha into like an air sealed, airtight uh, jar uh, for like four or five days. Okay. And I feel like this whole process would be a lot quicker if we actually had like a heating pad. Like they actually sell heating sleeves to put over the jars of kombucha as it ferments. Um, it just makes it it just makes it do it faster. Um, but we we didn't have that. So we put it in a jar, an air sealed jar, and then after that, it just ferments for five days inside that air sealed jar. But while it does that, it actually carbonates itself. You don't have okay. to carbonate it. I got. But you it is now. it is delicious, dude. It's healthy. There's no sugar in this. It's strawberry flavored, and it is really really good. It doesn't look strawberry flavored. Well, that's because all that's in it now is ice. Do you see this? Well, yeah, that makes sense. See, you, know, you see the strawberry. But strawberries are red. Yeah. Well, this is pink. Is it? Man, yes. the color is messed up. Anyways, for those of you who don't know, strawberries are red. Um, 
and Jason's drinking strawberry kombucha. And um, it is very healthy. It is healthy. I, I feel like, can you drink a lot of that? Like, is, oh, yeah. is that Dude, something? I, no, like, not you, like, not like, hey, Jason, how much kombucha can you drink? <laughs> like, like, is it something, is it sustainable to drink it a lot? Or is it one of those things where it's like, don't want to overdo this because it'll no, be gross? You want to overdo it. You want to overdo it. Yeah. For the I'll drink, you drink like one bottle a day. One bottle a day. Is that like a necessity? Like, can no, I just drink it like today and like my body will thank me for like a couple of days? Or is this one of those things like, like those old hair loss treatments? Like you take a pill every day, but if you forget, like your hair will fall out. So like, I feel if, like will with my kombucha, if you drink kombucha like one a day, like every day for like a week, and then you don't drink it every day, you, you go down to like maybe once every three days, then like your body will be. So basically, it flushes all the toxins out of your body. Is what I'm trying to say. You know, there's an old, there's an old secret that if you put onions at the bottom of your feet before bed, they'll take the toxins out of your body too. But you don't see me doing that every night. I think I've got onions growing between my toes. Nice. That's yeah. God. I bet they're going to be so happy when they hear that on the podcast. <laughs> 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 hey, guess what? Guess what? We're laughing, and it's not negative, and we're not whining. So That's you're true. welcome. That's true. Um, I don't want to. I don't really want to manifest these negative vibes. Today's a kombucha day. I had my kombucha just like Jason did, and I'm at peace. I meditated, I, did a little yoga. No and, joke, uh, though, dude. I, yes. I love kombucha. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, it's good stuff. I've, I've, you know, I've had it a few times. So if you guys like kombucha, send us a DM and let us know what your favorite kombucha is. I don't know if I drink that fishing, though. I don't know if that's like something I would bring with me fishing. I like chug when, it before I go fishing. When I'm when I'm fishing, I'm like, water, water, like every 30 minutes. So I'll bring a gallon of water and then I'll bring other smaller bottles of water. And maybe a LaCroix or a, a bubbly or something. But oh, yes. my fishing but, drink is water. Have you ever noticed that, like, while we do love, like, carbonated waters and stuff, do that stuff, it, it never does anything to quench my thirst. It always just makes me more thirsty. It, it rehydrates you the same way that water does, actually, just because it, it literally is water. It's just carbonated water. It's I don't you know, think that's true, though. Yes. Because every... No, because yeah. every every time I drink carbonated water, it makes me a lot more thirsty. I don't know, man, but it'll uh, it'll clear you out. I'll tell you that. You drink a you drink a couple of those bad boys, you're gonna be going to the latrine in about thirty <laughs> minutes, fucko. So we've got some super hammer guests coming on. Yeah, some serious hammer guests. We got a we got a uh, a Bassmaster Classic winning champion coming on. Yep. And that's that's a big deal. A I don't. I mean, Bassmaster Classic. Not sure if you've ever heard of it. I'm. I'm gonna tell you what I've heard of it. I watched him win it. Um, great guy. Great Dude, guy. I love really. the guy. Excited, I, but I'm excited. I can't shake my excitement. Um, I'm actually a pretty big fan of the guy. I've talked to him like once or twice on the phone now, and he seems to be a really, really good guy. Um, really excited to have him on here. So. 
not to keep talking about fishing. Um, we should continue to talk about fishing because I think that you and I are on, in our very first fishing tournament of all time. That's what I was about to say. That's a pretty big deal, buddy, because I mean, you've always tried to talk me into doing fishing tournaments, and I've always been like, hmm, nah, not interested. But this one, this one came across, and I'm like, damn, I, I got to do that. And so here I am doing it. I, I'm not sure how much of a chance I've got, but I'm going to swing for the fences and uh, just uh, see what happens. You just can't worry about other people. Uh, I don't know how I just stuttered. I've never stuttered before in my entire life. It might be the kombucha. And that's a lie. But <laughs> I don't I don't really worry about the other guy. Um, I do think it was a major flex, though, that – I, I sent the pictures to Steve of Above the Water, who's hosting the tournament. And he was like, nice, man. Great, great fish. Like, it was 18 and something inches, um, two and a quarter or three and a quarter pounds. My God, three and a quarter pounds. And, you know, Steve posted it. And then the guy who I'm against was like, man, that's a nice fish. He's like, I got to get out there later. And then this dude just shows up. He shows up to the scales with a 22 incher. And I'm like, that's awesome like i'm so proud of you man i'm just so <laughs> proud of you because here's the thing guys we live in ohio um 22 inch fish they're you know they're here don't get me wrong they're here it's just not a very common deal so uh if you guys are living in ohio and you want to take me somewhere to help me with this tournament you uh you hit me up you hit us up here if you got some so so the tournament that we're involved with is with Above the Water, uh, Steve. We actually had him on our podcast like last month, I believe. Um, and, and what happens if we win that tournament, Josh? Oh, what we, buddy. What's it's the a, tournament win? It's a big deal. So you get a permanent one-year sponsorship from Above the Water. Which I don't know if you guys know or not, but Above the Water has some of the most awesome fishing apparel yep. and, and all of fishing. So, yep. And you get a trophy and you get $500 in other prizes. You also will get Dark Horse Tackle Boxes. <sighs> Dark Horse Tackle Boxes. The guys at Dark Horse Tackle decided to donate some boxes to Steve. Actually, yeah. Steve Bottom. He's the man. He, uh, he said... No donations. I will buy them. And I said, oh, well, I love you. Well, we're trying to donate them, Steve. But, I mean, if you insist. If you insist, I'll uh, I'll take your helicopter gas money. <laughs> I mean, your money. Helicopter, you guys you guys are sitting here complaining about $4 a gallon. Dude, you don't know what it's like to fill a helicopter gas tank. You have no idea. Realistically, I have no idea either. Cause I'm Try like $276 a gallon. $1,000. Yeah, try that. Yeah, try that. Try millions. Try selling millions of dollars of inventory out of a garage just to fuel your helicopter. <laughs> so you know, yeah, just that's a, you guys just don't know how good you got it. It's that's one of my hat. favorite. That's one of my favorite things that people say. You don't know how good you have it. I mean, so, okay. Sp <laughs> speaking of this fishing tournament, um, I, I, well. I guess I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it like this: If you think about in the United States, there are 56 states in the United States. No, I'm just kidding. There's, there's the 82, kombucha talking. 82 <laughs> states. Yeah, that kombucha is getting you. That 0.6 percent alcohol is tearing you up. Yeah, up. it's got me. Um, 
This is going to be a train wreck episode, everybody. Jason's <laughs> well, off the kombucha. Hey, I started it as the train wreck of the week, so I mean, here we go. Um, anyways, that that uh, the fifty out of the fifty states in the United States of America, um, there is a state that everybody will tell you is in like the top one to three states of all of fishing. And that is the state in which the person that I have to compete against is from. So uh, maybe it storms down there really bad, and maybe he's not able to get out and go fishing this week. Or maybe the wa- maybe the boss calls and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm going to need you to put in triple time uh, this week because you know some things are going on, and we need you in the office." Um, I'm just kind of hoping for one of those one of those ordeals, and, and mixed with, you know, I kind of got a little bit of a strategy. You want to talk about strategy for a second, Josh? Here's what, you can, but if he listens to the podcast. Yeah, let's let's hope he doesn't. Okay, I'm not going to – you know what? Nah, I'm going to keep this strategy quiet. See, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you the difference between you and me. You're trying to play mental games. I'm just trying to catch fish. I don't mind. I hey, don't dude, mind. Listen, listen. I need every competitive advantage that I have considering I'm in like the bottom 50 states – for fishing, for bass fishing, and this guy's in the top like one to two or three. Like, come on. I need I need competitive advantages. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, the North is not actually considered bad places to fish because there's Ohio is. There's great smallmouth. Because it's not it's not not mm-hmm, eh, nah. You got Lake Erie, but guess what? The the part of Lake Erie that's the best is not the part in which we're from. So, well, all of Lake Erie's good. Eh, you would know if you fished it. I've been actually, there a few times. I've talked to a the few smallmouth guides. Fish there? I've talked to a few guides up there that have actually told me that if I wanted to go smallmouth fish up there, this is not the place to do it. So, you got to I mean, go to these, Canada. These guys make a living for it, buddy. I I think they might be more inclined than the one guy that goes up. Where do those guys live? Every now and again. Where those uh, guys live? Around, I don't know where he lives, but he fishes around like Marblehead and. Um, so they like live in Cal- Ohio. Yeah, well, I'm sure he lives in Ohio. Maybe in Indiana. I don't know. Hmm. But saying. he lives in, he lives in Ohio or Indiana. I, I know he lives around. I think. Uh, I think if they live up towards the New York end or the Pennsylvania end, they're just trying to sell their services. No, this guy specifically told me. He specifically told me. He's like, I I know that you want to target smallmouth. If you want to do that, I would suggest you go that way uh, because this is not the best place for that. He's like, Sounds like a walleye guy. Well, he fishes for everything. He he guides for everything. Well, I'm just saying. Anywho. I'm just saying. Anywho, you got Mr. Joshy B over here on a John boat that thinks he knows Lake Erie more than a fishing guide. I mean, I've, I've fished tournaments on Lake Erie, not in a John boat. And I, I caught 22 pounds of smallmouth in best five. That's a five-pound average. So this if you're dude, catching – but what I'm this, saying is, is, is if I have the ability to catch a five-fish a five fish average that's five pounds or more, that's not a bad spot. That's mm-hmm. not a bad spot. You can't go anywhere else in the, in the state and catch a 22-pound bag. So Of what, smallmouth? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 I agree. But how many smallmouth are going to be? I'm just going to say 10, it 10 pounds. This dude's from Texas. He could easily, you know, pick a, you know, flip a coin on a map and land in a lake that has 10 and 15 pound largemouth. I don't yeah. think any smallmouth in any state is going to compete with that. I haven't seen, 
I don't think there's been a double-digit smallmouth caught in years. Um, there's been eights. There's been nines. I think there was a nine caught out of Thousand Islands um, like a few years ago, and it was a freaky-looking fish. Oddly enough, in like World War One, <laughs> like the state record smallmouth was caught out of a out of a river that's nearby, but it was like I said, World War One, which was like one hundred and seventy thousand years ago. Yeah, something like I, I think it was like the fourteen hundreds. It may not have even. I don't know. It could just be conspiracy theory. Maybe maybe World War One never. It even might existed. not have happened. It might not. Have I, who's to know? We didn't have cell phones back then. So if you didn't if you didn't post it on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, like how am Is I it even real? To know? Right. You, there's just stuff in books. It could have been photoshopped. A lot. I I personally, um, as a conspiracy theorist myself, I personally think all history is just photoshopped. Um, Hell, my son writes books every night upstairs in his bedroom when it's time for him to go to bed. Yeah, so I, I mean, believe everything he says. Who's even right? Who's even writing all these books? I don't even know who reads. Like, I don't really know how to read. Um, like the last time I read a book, it was like the perks of being a wallflower. And I was like 13 years old and it was some book about like discovering yourself as a middle schooler. And I'm like, why would a grown up write this book? This is weird. That's really weird. Don't worry about me, bro. I'm That's just the kind of stuff that they teach watch kids in public schools. Thank God my kids are homeschooled. Well, I think learning how to read is a good thing. You know, well, I never yeah, got but, the opportunity uh, to. Maybe reading about some like adult telling you how to discover yourself as a young adolescent kid. Like maybe that's not a good idea. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I guess like it really just boils down to like, you know, if you don't want somebody talking to your kids about anything, then just shelter them from the world. Keep yeah. them inside, lock them in a cage. And take them fishing every now and then. Every now and um, again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hey, it's fishing time, kiddo. Get out. You can come out of the basement now. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I got really lucky with both my kids because even though they are homeschooled, they're two of the most outgoing. Like, and they will talk to anybody that, you know, they're, they, you know, they don't really know a stranger until I tell them, hey, you probably shouldn't talk to that guy. He doesn't seem uh he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy you want to talk to. Not that one with the face. Mm-mm. Yeah, not that one. Ugh. That guy, that guy's a little that guy's a little creeper. But no little, um, little stinker. He's a little ooh, stinker. Just a just a little stinker. Um, Alright, so do we have some of those videos? People asking us questions. You got videos, boss? I don't have nothing. Uh oh. I don't have a single thing. I've got Nope. I've got absolutely nothing. So uh thanks guys. That's really awesome. Um I'm really happy that we tried to create a uh you know an immersive interactive podcast here, almost like 4D. You know, it's like I'm talking to you in your trucker car. But yeah, there were no questions this week. Um again, I'm gonna say this. I've got week. one. You've got one. I've got one. All right. I don't know what it says. I, I, I safe. Let it rip. Who's I haven't it listened to it. It's uh, from Blue Jay Outdoors. Let's see what he's got to say. You ready? Yep. Did you hear that? Nope. Weird. 
Is it connected to your headphones? No. Hold on a second. All right, guys. While we wait, let's play a game. What number am I thinking of in my head? No, that's not the right number. The number was 69. <laughs> Anyways. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. That's anyway. not the right number. So while Jason's figuring out these questions, I want to explain something to you. We want you to send us voice messages on Instagram asking us anything. That's my personal Instagram, Josh Chitwood Fishing. That's Jason's personal Instagram, jdub.network. That is the Knee Deep Podcast Instagram, knee.deep underscore podcast. And that is the Dark Horse Tackle Instagram, Dark Horse Tackle, all one word. So you can't mess that up. Um, we want these questions because we thought it would be fun just to hear what you have to say, hear what you have to ask, literally regardless of what it is. Just, you know, don't be an ass. It's pretty simple. You know, nothing, nothing like directly hateful, you know, and, and don't try to be super edgy and weird. So, uh, Blue Jay Outdoors on Instagram chimed in to our uh, Knee Deep podcast on Instagram. And his question was, here's a question for the podcast. Why is there so much flack around using pink lures for bass fishing? I use pink frogs, bladed jigs, swim jigs, sinkos, etc., and they work great. So, why does everybody hate pink lures? I'll tell you why. Tell me why. You want to know why? Yep. Because they're scared. People are scared. They're scared to step out of the comfort zone. Um, pink underwater, when it's like a bubble gum, like a bubble gum pink is white. Fish see that as a white. Um, your like merthiolate, that orangey pink, that's seen in a different light. But pink is seen very well by bass and i don't think people understand the power of it like if you have a white chatterbait sorry bladed jig if you have a white bladed jig z-man please don't come after us look we don't really care for your product but just you know leave us alone i don't want to okay, give you one of my helicopters i don't want to do this again all right but if you're throwing a white bladed jig and you put a little bit of pink spike it on it like a little pink dye that sets the tone, buddy. You're throwing a pressure. If you're fishing a pressured water system, you know, where the fish see white every day and you throw some pink down the middle of that thing or you dive half of it pink, the whole thing pink, there it's going to change something. You'll probably get more bites. 
Yeah. So the way I see it, man, like fishermen are such creatures of like habit. Like, you know, I throw well, a bait out, I throw a bait out and I don't catch a fish on it and I don't get bit on it. I'll probably cut that bait off and I'll probably never throw that bait again. And it's just one of those things, man, that like pink, I don't know, it does have its time and its place. But if you're throwing it in a time and place that is not, you know, called for pink um, and you don't catch a fish on it, you probably won't throw it again. And you'll be like, huh. I don't know why I thought pink was going to work. I should have just used green pumpkin. Well, green pumpkin's a great color, and everybody knows that. But the fish have seen it 10 million times. Yeah. And I, I think that we've all, gotta, we've all got to talk ourselves into getting out of our comfort zone every now and then to, to just try to figure out something different. My that's, thing what is, I, that's what I did today. But what's your thing? My, my thing is, it's like, if, if I'm fishing, you know, generally like neutral water, like not too clear, not too muddy, and I can see the bait in the water, like if I can see it a foot down, two foot down, I'm going to throw that color regardless. Like I'll be, I'll fish tournaments and I'll start with green pumpkin. Absolutely. I'll start with green pumpkin. And then if green pumpkin's not getting it dialed in, I'll switch to like a green pumpkin with some like flake in it or put some chartreuse on the tail and then i'll just keep going you know i'll gravitate towards june bug i'll gravitate towards black and blue i'll gravitate towards black and blue mixed with green pumpkin just switching it up being versatile like if you want to be a better fisherman learn versatility learn you know not to get down on yourself just because a color doesn't work just try a different color it's not yeah. you fishing wrong it's just you're being too damn stubborn well, it's also, it's also, it's a mixture of that. And also uh, we're putting things that fish don't normally eat in front of fish's face, trying to get a fish, which it's just, fishing doesn't make sense, man. Like, I feel like nope. too many people try to make fishing make sense and it just nope. doesn't. Like, That's the one thing I used to tell everybody. People would ask me, oh, how do you catch fish? How do you do this? I'm just like, dude, it, it doesn't make sense. And it's not supposed to. Like you just said, you're tricking a wild animal into eating a piece of plastic. Yes, into eating something that it's never, it's never eaten that before. Like it's just weird. Like fishing does not make sense, and too many people. It's like trying to put a round peg in a square hole. Too many people try to make fishing make sense, and it just doesn't. So, I agree. I think you've got to quit trying to make fishing make sense. Oh, absolutely. Just, dude, go out there, like. That's my thing, you know, I've been doing tips videos on TikTok and, you know, not to be a smart ass, but if, if you want to, if you want a tip, if you want a piece of information on how to use a bait you've never used before, here's your piece of information. Tie it onto a rod, only take that rod, only take that technique, only take that bait, learn how to use it. Because, you know, if Jason... The first time he started throwing big swim baits, didn't take six rods with him and only and and only throw that swim bait and learn, you know, whether he got a bite or not, he'd probably like him a bit more. Yeah. In a, in a very real way, um, over the past two years, two baits that I really wanted to get better at uh, the first year, which would have been two years ago, was a lipless crankbait. Um, I went out for several days um and i put that bait on my favorite rod my favorite rod my favorite reel and i refused 
to take that bait off. Um, I never caught a fish with one before that. I never got bit with one before that. And I just completely refused to take it off. Um, I just, you know, it was something I really wanted to get good at. And so I forced myself to get out of my comfort zone to learn something to, you know, it's, it's basically like adding a new tool to your toolbox. If you're a mechanic, um, getting, and then last year for me in the fall, it was jigs. Like I, I caught a couple of fish on jigs before last fall, but I was like, man, I just, I feel like I'm missing a lot with this. And so I went out with one rod, one backpack, one, you know, pocket full of jigs and baits. And, and I forced myself for an entire day to figure out. And actually it was a day for like two weeks. So it was like two entire days of trying to figure out what I got to do to a jig to make a fish eat it. What I got to do to feel that bite when the fish does eat it. And then what I have to do to set that hook with that fish to land that fish, like when they do eat it. And dude, I've, I've got so much confidence in a jig. Now I haven't taken one off all year long. Every rod I've taken out so far has had a jig tied onto it. Yeah. And you know, that's what we did a couple weeks ago with the swim jigs. Um, you know, we hadn't really been, we hadn't really taken a day to, you know, learn them and throw them. I know you caught some fish on it before, but that, that day we really threw swim jigs. I mean, oh, we, I forced myself. We, we caught 60 fish a piece on swim jigs, learning how to catch fish on swim jigs, which, yeah. you know, that's the way it's supposed to go. It's supposed to go that way where you, you know, you learn by actually being successful, but a lot of times it doesn't happen that way. And I encourage you guys not to get discouraged with, you know, certain patterns, certain techniques, all oh, that, that pattern's junk just because you didn't catch fish on it. I mean, dude, you got to see what the guys in Japan are doing. They're doing some crazy stuff. Yeah. I feel like too many people just expect success to come to them versus them actually going out and putting in the work to get it. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's that way with life and with fishing, honestly. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Last fall, I took jigs out. And there was like, like I told you, I took it out for two days for two weeks. And there was one day and I fished. So, so what I did was I went to a spot in like a six acre body of water. that was one of my favorite bodies of water to fish. I took a jig there, went to my favorite spot in that pond. Uh, reservoir. It's not a reservoir. It's about to be. Um, went out there and flipped a jig in my favorite spot in that, in that entire pond. And I got a bite instantly. Um, three, three and a half pounder. Um, and I'm like, wow, I figured it out today. <laughs> I woke, I literally, dude, I woke up, I walked through a cornfield. I took that jig in that one spot, caught a fish on the first cast and thought that I figured the whole day out. Yep. <laughs> like that's, that's how ridiculous that sound. Like that. I just thought that, you know, I was just going to walk out of bed, get out of bed and just, you know, trip over success. And there we go. We got it. Like that's, that's what too many people think is going to happen. Uh, that's not what happened. So for the whole rest of the day, I continued to do that same exact thing. Um, and I didn't get bit for the entire rest of the day. So I went to a different spot that I've seen a bunch of fish at. I never caught a fish out of that spot and I threw a jig and didn't get bit. Like, you know what? I'm going to try and swim this jig 
And, dude, I, I'm not joking. Like, <laughs> as soon as I started to swim that jig in that spot, I caught five fish on back-to-back casts, and not one of them was under four pounds. Yep. And then I came back out the next day and did the exact same thing, swimming that jig. And then instantly, the day after that, the swim jig bite was off, gone. Then you had to flip for them. And it's just, it's so crazy how that changes. But, you know, I was just basically trying to tell you, like, don't roll out of bed, trip over success and think that you have it. Like, that's, yeah. that ain't it. Yeah. And don't, you know, don't roll out of bed, shoe on the other foot. Don't roll out of bed, trip and think that your entire day's a failure just because one second of your life was bad. You know? And don't get discouraged when you're doing something that you've had success doing before, and then all of a sudden it just doesn't work. Don't oh. don't be like, you know what? It's all over. You have to figure it out. I I mean, dude, when I'm fishing like when I'm fishing for like money, I guess, um I am I am not shy to change presentations immediately. And I don't mean that in a like a discouraged way. I mean that in like um, like just facing adversity and like getting, you know, thinking on the fly and trusting your gut. Like if you're throwing a stick worm and, you know, let's say you're throwing a weightless stick worm and it's taking too long to get it where you want it to be. You're not getting bites. And, you know, you got to think to yourself, well, they're biting the stick worm, but what if I put, what if I put a quarter ounce weight on it, you know, and then they start reacting to it. You know, you're either going to, Fish are fish are weird, but a lot of times it's like there's two kinds of bites. You've got a reaction bite going on, or you've got a slow bite going on. Like a natural, you know, a natural, really slow, like crawl in a jig, like Jason said, just subtle hops, you know, slowly working it out of brush. And then you have days where you throw it in the middle of the brush and you get it out of there as fast as you can and they'll eat it. It's yeah. it's generally one or two of those things. Yeah. Too much fishing. Uh, that's talking about fishing and getting out of your comfort zone. That's kind of what I forced myself to do. And I forced myself to do it today. Um, you know, I had to go buy a, a, a particular piece of equipment for the fishing tournament that I'm involved in right now. And so I went to a, a store, got this equipment, and then I realized that I was a lot further away from a spot that I really wanted to go fish the, today. And so instead of driving uh, that far and then, you know, having a lot less time to fish, I was like, you know what, I'm in a, uh, I'm in a housing development here that I've never been to before. And there's a whole lot of water around here. Um, I've never been here. I'll probably get kicked out. I, luckily I wasn't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I forced myself to fish six new bodies of water today and I caught fish out of all six of them. Um, and it's just, it's really, I don't know, man, I really love to, to force myself out of my comfort zone to see what I can do. And then, you know, when it pans out and it works the way that I was hoping that it would, like, it's just, you know, I could pat myself on the back, even though I didn't catch anything, you know, giant, uh, the spawn is in full effect right now. Um, I had to catch a couple of fish on a bed, which sucked, but I had to do it. Um, I don't like bed fishing for anybody that knows no. me yet. I don't, I don't like doing that, but every single fish, dude, every fish I saw today, bluegill, bass, like everything was on a bed. Yep. They, they were all over the place. Bluegill were making a ruckus. I don't know if you know about a bluegill spawn, but dude, when they're spawning, they do some weird things that I didn't know until I saw them doing it in this clear body of water. They just they, build they, nests real close. No. 
they swim in circles yep. like 45 times in a row like 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 this like i don't know dude and like they're very, very aggressive like, on the spot and like in like very tight circles though it was so weird i've never seen never seen them do that i didn't know that they did that but um yeah i forced myself to catch fish on a bed today and then i immediately released the fish right back to the bed so hopefully everything's yeah. all right yeah i i uh a lot of the ponds by my place. I mean, it we're in Ohio guys. Like it's, it's time to spawn. Um, they're spawning in the lakes. They're spawning everywhere. And I mean, it's just, it's really tough for bass fishing right now, especially with the tournament, Jason and I are fishing. Like it's, it's not going to be easy to catch big fish right now, unless they're already in a post spawn. Cause they're not going to be in pre-spawn. Not no. anymore. It's been 80 degrees for the past 10 days. And dude, that water is hot. It is hot, and it's it's like it got hot too fast. And you know, there's that's just a a dangerous combination when you are in the bass fishing world. You know, when the water's sixty degrees for only a week, and then it's sixty five degrees for only three days, and then a day after that it's seventy degrees, and then it's seventy five, and now it's eighty. It's to that yeah. I stuck my hand in that water today, and I'm telling you, it's it's probably 76 degrees. Like yep. it is very hot. Well, where they're spawning, it's going to be really hot too, just because it's that shallow water, and it's it's you know it's probably going to make the fish very tired. Um, you know, I'm no aquatic biologist. My name is not Shan Gorman. I'm I'm Josh, host of the Needy Podcast. But that's just my guess is that that really hot water is going to affect them in a bad way. Whereas if they if we had a normal spawn like most states, when the water stays a consistent temperature for two to three weeks at a time, you know, in a perfect world, um, that those fish would be a lot better off. Because, dude, these fish looked rough. I mean, the one I caught yesterday looked rough. I caught a three-pound male off a of bed, and he looked like he had been thrown down a flight of concrete steps. Rough. Yeah, yeah they do look rough. Man, I think this is the most fishing we've ever talked on a podcast. I know. I might I might keep talking a little bit more. Why not? About, about fishing? Yeah. Like, oh my. you know, in regards to the Big Bass Shootout hosted by Steve from Above the Water, um, what baits are you going to use to target big fish? If you can't see them, if you're not sight fishing, you know, if you're just blindly casting, what are you going to start throwing? I'm just going. I have to sight fish them right now because, like you said, they're all spawning everywhere, and it doesn't matter where you go. Like I'm just hoping the lakes are the lakes are spawning, the reservoirs are spawning, the ponds, dude, even the creeks. I went and jumped in a creek last week. All the yep. smallmouth are spawning. Every one of them spawning. Like, <laughs> but I need just, three baits, Jason. I need three uh, baits. Well, I don't know, dude. I took Remy out fishing. She kicked my butt the other day. And on a wacky rig, but it was a special wacky rig because it was a bait made by a small business that's never been in the box. And I'm not going to tell you who it is because I want them to get in the box, but I can't promote them until they get in the box. So you were throwing a finesse bait. I was throwing a finesse bait, uh, like a two and a quarter inch worm. Um, And I wasn't catching any and I figured it out. It's because she was using like six pound test. I was using like... 14 pound 15 pound fluorocarbon and mine was floating a lot more than hers was hers was sinking and so i went to to the store today and i bought some like little uh little flick shake type hooks 
uh, with with like a barb on there or like a wire guard on there. And uh, I got an O-ring toolkit. So now I just, you know, slide the O-ring on there and I don't lose all these worms because yeah. I'm saving them for her because she, you know, she can keep catching fish on these worms, then I'm just going to let her have them. <laughs> like, um, so anyways, that, and then, huh, that's really, I don't know. I would say a jig, but I'm just going to be sight fishing beds. I have to, like, I don't have a choice. And if that's yeah. the only thing I can do, then I'm probably just going to throw a flick shake worm because it, you know, it sinks real slow. It's real light. And I can keep it right in front of their face and just, you know, make them very mad. So I've been throwing um, another finesse bait that is a potential bait for a box, um, but it's a crawled ad style. And I'm putting it on a 16th ounce or lighter um, net head because it slows, it falls very slow. But the way it falls, I've noticed that every time it, like, if I hop it and it goes up and the way it falls, they react to that for some reason. Whereas if I threw, like, an eighth ounce or a tenth ounce, it's almost too fast of a fall rate. And they're like, no. But, so, finesse bait, a little Ned Rig or a drop shot, a big bait, like a glide bait. And I think if I had to just go throw a bait out there, and hope for a big one to eat it. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a motion seeker. I feel like I'm gonna have to have throw. To. Feel like I'm gonna have to throw a lipless crankbait if I'm just gonna throw a bait out there. Because I will rip that thing up and then I'll let it fall and I'll let it sit there and then I'll rip it up and let it fall and let it sit there. I think a lipless crankbait for any females that have moved offshore after spawn, uh, maybe I could just throw it in front of one of them and maybe I'll, maybe I'll get lucky enough for one of them to eat it. Um, and then I was thinking, like maybe a neko crawl on like a on a bed, like the fat pack neko crawls that were in the dabble pack mm-hmm. uh, a couple of months ago. I was thinking I was gonna put a nail weight in the in the tail of that, run an O ring in the mid body, and run a hook up underneath that O ring, kind of throw a neko crawl in there. I I like that idea. Um, I'm actually gonna make a TikTok about that because those things stink. I don't have. Um... I don't have the right hook, so I can't really make a video about it yet. But I got a, you know, I've, I've got a rig that I made a while back where it's a it's a weedless Neko rig, but I need a specific hook, and I keep breaking them because they're not very big, and the line is very light, and my hook set is too hard sometimes. But yeah, yeah, you you don't say. Sometimes this dude, this dude has the hardest hooks that I've ever seen. It scares me sometimes. Shotguns, baby. Pow pow. Pow pow. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrifying. It's nice though. It's nice to have a strong hook set. <laughs> I think um I think if you were learning how to like fish and stuff like that, you need to you need to master a good hook set. Um, you know, whether that's going out and trying fishing or actually just holding the rod in your hands and being like, do you think this motion is better or do you think this motion is better, you know, to yourself, whatever feels comfortable, what's going to be able to actually stick that fish. Cause you got to remember, you got to drive a four out hook through a fish's mouth. It's, yes. it's not an easy task and it's quite a brutal task, but it's, you know, you can't just lightly pull on it. And that's what a lot of people I know who just start fishing. They make that mistake of not setting the hook the right way, you know, and you, you've been working on it for a while, you know, you know, it's not easy. 
When I first no. started throwing stuff like that, I knew it wasn't easy, but it takes time. Setting the hook is something that I focused a lot on last fall when I told you I was learning, forcing myself to learn how to throw jigs. Um, you know, the proper technique for setting the hook and what feels comfortable for you. And I think, Josh, you need to make some more of those, uh, some more of those weightlifting hook setting videos for the, do it for the tech, for the TikTok. I can do that. I can yeah. do that. Maybe but, you should teach some people. You know, let's uh let's wrap this thing up and, and plug that social one more time. We have a TikTok, everybody. Please follow it at Dark Horse Tackle. That's it. You know? At and, Dark Horse Tackle on Instagram. Dark Horse TikTok. Tackle on YouTube. Dark yep. Horse Tackle on uh Facebook. Look at that. You guys need to follow Dark Horse Tackle it's, and then at the underscore knee dot deep underscore podcast. <laughs> it's tough. You'll find it. I have we'll faith. Plug it. We'll, we'll just, I'll plug out the, the entire bio of this podcast is just going to be our social medias. There you go. That's and it. Guys, take your kids fishing. Um, yep. Last thing I want to say before we leave, we had a, uh, we had a live stream on Instagram last night, uh, Saturday night, and we had a gentleman named Dave on our Instagram and uh, he brought on his son. Uh, named Eli and dude it absolutely it, it warms my heart to it see it was enlightening dude it just makes me excited to see like seven eight maybe six years old uh kid get on there and just talk about how excited he is about the Dink City fishing tournament hosted by Dark Horse Tackle on Tourney X sponsored uh, by the Needy Podcast sponsored by the Needy Podcast and Dark Horse Tackle yep well right. anyway that that fishing tournament's the coolest fishing tournament I've ever seen because uh, largemouth, smallmouth, spotted uh, spotted bass, 10 inches or under, all count as one point. It's a points-based fishing tournament. Winner wins 250 bucks, and it's fun for all ages, uh, men, women, girls, boys, you name it. Uh, if you, if you want to catch a fish and you want to be proud of it, take a picture. Post it on there, and uh, good luck. Yeah, it's only $5 to enter. And that's an administration fee for the hosting website, which is Tourney X. So, you know, we're not making any money. Um, you know, it's not, we're not, we're not too worried about that. We just want people to get in, start fishing. You know, if this is your first fishing tournament, if you're not, you know, if you're new to fishing and you're not a grizzled veteran like myself or Jason, um, this is a great way to start. Uh, and realistically, we just think that fishing is for everybody. Um, that is, that is trademarked. So fishing is for everybody. And we want you guys to know that, you know, the size of your fish isn't, it's not relevant. What's, what's relevant is how happy that fish made you, how, how excited you were to catch that fish. Shout out to Logan for that. It's not the size of the fish. It's the size of the smile. Embrace that dink. That's right. Put right. it in your hands. <laughs> We love you guys. We hope See you have a great week. We have some mega stuff. All right, that's right. <laughs>